Blog Talk Radio. Bangers. 
that's going to be a banger. Showtime triple header here from uh, the Minneapolis Armory. Uh, we do have uh, Jamal James, Minneapolis native. Um, and Edwin Rodriguez and Joseph Adorno as well, obviously. You know, we know Jake Paul and Tommy Fury are fighting on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Um, we'll brief upon that, but I'm not going to get too in-depth on that one. Um, and then we have some, you know, other other news out there, a variety of current fight news. We keep hearing different things about Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia. Maybe a good sign is we, we see some recent video of Tank Davis in Las Vegas making peace with none other than Roley. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but maybe they're going to announce the fight live from Vegas. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and there's a variety of other items. Bob Arum sat down for an interview not long ago, and he talked about Shakur Stevenson and the possibility of Shakur, you know, fighting, facing uh, Haney or Lomachenko, which Lomachenko was on video as well in an, a quick interview. And he said some interesting stuff about the fight too. So we'll get into all that stuff. Um, and then, you know, the what was it, two weeks ago or something like that, maybe three weeks ago, where, uh, you know, DAZN in the U.K., you know, Price, some people in the U.S., were kind of like head-scratching, saying, well, dude, it's really not that much, you know. I was trying to put it, you know, in context because, you know, their pay-per-views are like $50 less on average than ours. So it does make it a little different. But now we got some price gouging here in the States, and it's pretty fucking crazy, i got to admit. I mean, I'm a boxing fan. I'm a hardcore boxing fan. I'm going to have to sell. But it's crazy. To go up, basically they went up 100% in less than a year. I mean, that's what it comes down to, and which is wild. Dude. You double a price. Or not double it. Well, you double it. I guess you more than double it from 100 to 150 for some folks. And now it's at 225. I think it's at 250 for some folks if you were grandfathered in. But, dude, it, it's crazy. I got to say. And then, you know, it'd be different if they weren't doing pay-per-views because then at least you'd be like, well, they don't do pay-per-views, you know. But it, it, it's it's wild. I, I just I can't believe they just went up 100% in less than a year. That's that's wild to me. So we'll get into some of that. Um, and, you know, like I said, other fight news and whatnot. But if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and download the show directly there. It helps me if you do. Otherwise, you know, you can listen to it in a variety of places under the Rope Dope Radio platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Claire FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, and a host of other areas, too. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrillingshoot.com, Phil Boxing, Eastside Boxing. And one more thing, get your TV together without the hassle of cable, direct TV stream. Stream the best entertainment and sports, starting with 75-plus live channels, TV channels. For a limited time, only save $120 of the first year when you 
get any package and buy the direct TV streaming device. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premium channels included for the first three months, qualifying packages. Sign up today for direct TV stream. Okay. So we're going to start in the ring, but I did get a variety of uh, just more, you know, Espinoza's getting get fired, the writing's on the ball. This stuff is just over and over. And, and you know, I, some of me, you know, as a boxing fan, I do want Showtime to announce their schedule. But maybe for like a handful of months, it could just shut some of these people up. For just, I know, just a couple months. But, I mean, some of the stuff I'm getting on these messages are just over the top. And you're like, dude, are you a boxing fan at all? <laughs> you know, it just doesn't seem like it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been pretty funny. man. It, it, it's, it's pretty mind-blowing. Um, but we'll start in the ring per usual. Lee Wood, Mauricio Lara, that was a great fight. That was a fun fight. I mean, yeah, sure, Neri and Ovenetian, that's the fight of the year so far. That was a better fight, but damn, this had a lot of drama involved as well. Maybe not as much as that other fight, but um, the first round, you saw Lee Wood, you know, early on, kind of, you know, jabbing for the most part. I believe, was it? The first round where there was a head clash, I think so. Wood was cut over his left eye. Um, kind of like that leaping left hands. Um, you know, probably probably Lara landed better in that round. Um, the second round, Wood had a huge right hand, uh, like within like 45 seconds, 50 seconds into the round. Uh, Lara kept complaining to the ref, and, you know, he was taking shots. He took, like, two straight right hands complaining to the ref. Now, you could say there was one or two that went behind the head, and that's what he's complaining about. But for a second there, it's like, dude, pay attention here, you know? Um, and a nice left hook by Wood as well. Um, the short left hand from Lara, and then he was starting to let, you know, some heavy sh- he stumbled Wood, stole the round um, overall because Wood had a good start into it, and he was throwing combinations, going to the body with that left hook. The punch that was 25 to 11, I wrote down. Yeah, so I mean, he, he definitely took over that round. But speaking of taking over, for the next three rounds, I gave him to Lee Wood. A nice left hook uh, midway through, uh, landing, you know, really flush. Wood at times, landing back-to-back right hands, more left hooks. Um, in the fourth round, both landed huge right hands. Um, and, and, man, it, and he would, I, I just thought Wood landed the better one out of that. And he started unloading on, on Lara, and Lara, kind of his legs look a little stiff in the fourth round. Body shots, you know, with the right hand. In the fifth round, it looked like Lara was hurt from it. I did think there was a mistake from Wood not attacking the body even more. I will say that. I thought he could have attacked it even more. He did some good work to it, especially with that right hand. But I just think overall, you know, I 
I think he could have taken advantage of that. Um, and Laura, Laura kind of, I don't know, he doesn't look like he's, he was all the way right. And meanwhile, with both hands in the sixth round, Wood was just unloading on him. So I gave him four straight rounds. And it was interesting because, like I said, you could see he was affected by that, you know, some of those punches in, in two separate rounds. And in, in one of the, like I said, the body work as well. And at times he actually looked, because when he did, you know, unleash like these combos, maybe he was a little tired from that, Mauricio Lara, but he he did kind of like, I don't know, sometimes he looked like his mouth was open and he looked kind of tired or just faded early in the fight. Like considering, you know, it had only been six rounds. But the crazy thing is when he go back to his corner, he seemed fine, you know? Didn't seem troubled at all. It seemed like, all right, dude, you know, just a matter of time, I'm going to get him. And and then he'd go back in a round, and he kind of looked a little tired. And, and maybe it wasn't that he was tired, or maybe he just faded or hurt or recovering. I don't know what it was, but he just looked, especially for Mauricio Lara standard, he looked a tad bit tentative, considering he had already hurt him, you know, with some big shots. So that one was kind of like, hmm, you know? Um and then, obviously, the left hook, you know, almost slept him. He hit his head on the canvas. He gets up. His legs are pretty much gone. There's probably, like, I've heard anywhere from, like, 10 to 15 seconds left, something like that. Um, it does appear that the referee was going to allow, you know, him to continue Wood. Ben Davidson threw in the towel. And you can see Lara was all right there, right there, ready to throw a punch. So when the people say, you know, there wasn't enough time to throw a punch, that's bullshit to me. I think, I mean, we don't know what would have happened, right? Maybe they would have burned more time, you know, being that he's, you know, the home fighter, the A fighter, like maybe they would have burned some more time and, and maybe they would have gotten out of their round. Uh, and maybe in a minute he would have recovered. That, that, those are all maybes. Um, but I was okay with the stoppage. Now, I totally understand, folks, because we've seen people, you know, hurt, you know, more than that, continue. Uh, we've seen that gone bad. We've seen it gone good for the other fighter, and they, re- they have time to recover. I understand, like, the fact that there's less than 15 seconds or whatever. So I get that, but you got to remember, in the corner and the ref, they can't – you're supposed to do your job. And part of that job, whether you just – you know, whether you agree with the decision to stop it or not, that's not what I'm talking about. You can't put in 15 seconds in the, in the equation. I know you want a knee-jerk, especially as a fan, and if I was a fighter, I'd be saying the same thing, yada, 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 maybe – if it wasn't the towel and, and the referee had stopped it, the corner would be saying the same thing. And some, you know, we've seen it all, but can't really put, there was only 15 seconds left of the round, dude. You can't put that in the equation. You just can't. I know it's hard to just take that out of the equation, but you have to, because that's not what you're there to do. You're not there to be like, well, I think he can make it. No. If you don't think your fighter or, you know, as a corner or the ref doesn't think they can continue for even one more second, then it's a wrap. So 
have we seen, like I said, fights continue where the person, the boxer, you know, looks hurt more hurt than what Laura, or not Laura, but um, Lee Wood. Yeah, of course we have, for sure. 100%. Now, we've also had fights where we're screaming at the television saying, stop the goddamn fight. What are you doing? You know what I mean? But the whole thing of there wouldn't have been enough time to land another punch, that's not factual. We don't know that. We don't know what would have happened. We don't know if he would have been like, all right, cool, start the thing. He put his gloves up a little bit, but his, his, he, he was I – don't, I don't think he was out on his feet by any stretch. Like I said, we've seen more hurt people than that on their feet, but – to me, I was okay with it. I was a tad surprised it was the corner. I'll say that. And then, you know, Ben Davidson was the guy who, you know, Fury looked like he was out, out. Even Fury says he, he was concussed momentarily. And then, his, you know, he came to. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I get it either way. Could he have maybe lost the round? Maybe I don't know. Maybe they would have pushed – Mauricio Lara back a little bit because he was right there ready to pounce. Had the ref not backed him up, I think for sure he would have landed another shot. And and when I say that's bullshit, the view of he wouldn't have landed another punch, I'm not saying he would have for sure landed another punch, but I'm saying it's bullshit in my mind to say he wouldn't have landed another punch because you just don't know. You just don't know. And, you know, I, I don't know. I was personally okay with it, but I thought the ref was going to do it. Um, and we just saw recently in the UK with Eubank Jr., who many thought he shouldn't have continued even, you know, once he got up. And, and there shouldn't have even been another punch stone or whatever. So I understand for the people that, you know, just think it should have just kept going. But it, it's the corner, dude. The corner did it. So it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Um, who knows what would have happened? We don't know. But the speculation as almost fact or basing your opinion solely off um, speculation, to me, and I understand boxing Twitter, that's what you do. You just put out your opinion, fuck it, and you act like it's the truth or whatever. Like, oh, that's bullshit. He wouldn't even got another punch. We don't know that. We, we really don't know. But either way, you know, it was uh, it was a fun fight, dude. And I thought Woods fought really, really well for a long, you know, stretch of that fight. And he was up on the cards, right? Yeah, so on the scorecards, he was up 58, 56, 58, 56, and 59, 55. Now, I saw um, – I could have sworn I saw Teddy Atlas that he was going to get screwed. And it's like, well – those cards aren't way off. I don't think those cards were were horrible. You know, I, I, I didn't see that. Um, and in that last round, funny enough, you know, there wasn't a ton of punches thrown in that round at all. Like, both of them landed 10. They both threw 20. Uh, actually, um, Lara threw 29. Uh, Wood threw 24. So, um, I don't know. Overall... Pretty damn close, you know, as far as landing. Wood, 88. Uh, he was a little higher percentage, almost 39%, throwing um, 227. 89 punches landed, so one more, but he threw 275. They 
in both points of the body a lot. Um, you know, so the jab to the stomach was a key thing for, for Wood. I just thought overall, you know, his body work was really good. I, you know, like most people, I had him up. I think that's a no-brainer, obviously. But like I said, I, I do understand some of the talk. You know, I, I do get that as far as, oh, dude, what the hell was that? Or, you know, but to me, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I, I don't, I'm not going to get you caught up with it. Um, but yeah, even Dan Raphael says, with six seconds left in the round, in the fight not even having been restarted, it's unlikely Lara would have had a chance to land another punch and would have had rest period. And would, would have had. Um, yeah, I mean, at least he says it's unlikely, Lara. You know, the, even the unlikely, it's like, in six, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. You know what I mean? It, we don't know. It is what it is. But either way, you know, sucks for Lee Wood, but, you know. And, and in fact, he even admitted it. You know, he was bad, obviously, at the start. Why wouldn't you? But he even, I have some um, quotes from him. That he was like, you know, in the end, it was actually right, you know. Um, where the hell did they go? Did I just delete them on accident? Maybe I did. Um, so, I don't know. You know, I, I was, in the end, I'm, I was okay with it. So, actually, Carl Frotch, this is from Boxing Scene, Wood told me he, he was gone. His legs were gone. Davison did the right thing. So, this is Frotch saying, like he talked to him, you know, he said, uh, my initial response to the towel coming in was it was too early. There was like six seconds left in the round. If Davidson didn't throw the towel, would have, you know, would, uh, would have survived six seconds and had a minute to rest and the fight could go on, which that, you know, that's fair to an extent, you know. But after speaking to Lee Wood earlier Sunday, he said, look, I was gone. My legs were gone. Um, you know, so... If he's saying he did the right thing, then, you know, how crazy can I get, you know, over this? If the fighter's saying, you know, I, I was done, then, you know, who, who am I to say that he wasn't, you know? This is also Lee Wood the next day. Uh, also, I stand by my coach's decisions. I know he cares about me. Boxers sometimes have to be saved by themselves. I have more big nights ahead. It was painful at the time, but my kids today smile on my face knowing, but with my kids today, smile on my face knowing I'll be back better than before as always. So, I mean, the guy's literally saying my coach is right, dude. And, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to, you know, harp on that too long. Um, so, obviously, you know, after the fight, there was a controversy, you know, Mauricio Lara got out of the, like, went out on the canvas, like, stepped out, you know, underneath the uh, the ropes, and Frampton was right there. Or not Frampton, Jesus Christ. Um, did I just call him Carl Frampton? Did I really call Josh Warrington Frampton? Anyway, um, I kind of had a long. Um, so he spit out, he spit out, right? And, you know, is it like, it is what it is, dude. Like, 
they've already been through two fights. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of, like, people spitting on each other. That is a disrespect. When people say it's the ultimate disrespect, I have to beg to differ on that one. There are many other things you could do to someone that's, you know, more disrespectful in my opinion. But I get the sentiment of, dude, come on, man. You're going to fight. That's probably going to be the next fight. But, you know, I mean, he's in the moment. You know, there's been things over the years where I go, ah, I wish the fighters would just shake hands. But that's just me wishing. The bad blood thing, hey, man, if it's real, it's real. I hate fake bad blood. <laughs> so I can't, you know, I've been in between on stuff. I'm kind of in between on this, to be honest with you. I've been on the other side of, oh, don't do that. I've been on to say, like, dude, they just got done beating each other up. Um, a lot of people say, well, you know, Josh Warrington headbutts. You know, he leads with his head. But, you know, if we're being fair, a lot of fighters lead with their head, not just Josh Warrington. So um, it is what it is. I mean, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So at the start, when he was like, you know, outside of the ring, still on the canvas. I thought maybe someone threw something at him. I was like, what the hell's going on? And so he was pretty pumped up. And, you know, with the adrenaline rush and you just won by that knockout, um, it's hard to say exactly what you do. A lot of people have this thing of, <clears throat> I don't know, sometimes, it, or like being a poor sport when you lose. Sometimes you're just so emotionally wrapped in it come across as like a poor loser but then you know the next day a week later you're like all right yeah i probably should have done that but i don't really have like one way or the other do i want what i want fighters to spit on each other like once a month you know no i probably wouldn't i probably would right but it is what it is this whole it's a gentleman's sport that's come on it's a gentleman's sport for real is it is it really? It's really not. So I'm not advocating, hey, man, spit on each other. But some dudes are just built different, dude. And the stuff that they got to go through in the ring and then the emotional high, the adrenaline, the just everything involved with that, dude. I mean, there's sometimes when you're young and you're in a fight, you can beat somebody up and you still have a tear in your eye. And you're like, why am I crying when I just – punch the dude in the face. He's the one hurt. What am I crying for? Well, your fucking emotions were on a thousand and your adrenaline it just built up. You know, shit happens, dude. It's weird being a dude sometimes. Um, <laughs> so it is what it is. I'm not too mad at it, okay? It is what it is. I don't want that ongoingly, but hey, man, some dudes are just built differently, dude. And, and anyway, great fight. Love to see the rematch at some point. I don't think it'll be next. I do think we'll get Josh Warrington and Carl Frampton. No, Warrington and Maurice Lara next. As far as the undercard, there wasn't a bunch of bunch to talk about. We did have an upset. Uh, Diego Alberto Ruiz upset um, Yafaya. That was a that was a big one. They probably could have stopped that a little earlier. Um, the co-feature was uh, Dalton Smith, and uh, he won fairly easily over Billy, was it Allington or something like that? Um, he knocked him down. There was a pretty bad head clash, I think, like in the eighth or ninth. I think that was the knockdown was the eighth. 
Let me see something real quick. Yeah, the knockdown was the eighth. Let me see my notes. Yeah, the ninth round was. It was a clear win, and honestly, didn't, Dalton didn't look all that, all that great. Didn't look bad. Didn't lose a bunch of rounds and barely got by or something like that. Just didn't look all that great. It does sound like he's got Sam Maxwell, who just had like a, I think it was like a six rounder. He got out. Um, Gary Coley, you know, had like a pretty easy night against uh, Flores. Gets a little Fredo for it, Flores. So Clark, you know, handled business as well. Uh, the cruiserweight. I think there was, was it four, three? No, four knockdowns because there was two in one round. I think it was two in the sixth. Um, and then I think in the eighth and tenth, maybe it was the seventh. I didn't actually take notes during that one. But, um, yeah, so the card, eh, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Not great. But when you have a fight like that, who really gives a shit? <laughs> you know, I mean – to be honest with you, like uh, Shane Mosey Jr. and Maria, uh, Mario Alberto uh, Lozano, you know, that was a really mediocre, bo- you know, for a co-feature, eh, you know, not much there. Uh, Sandoval won really easy. Um, like I said, not much on the undercard, if, if we're being honest. Not a whole lot on the undercard. But when you have the, the, the Nary fight, uh, fighting, you know, crazy A, Hovanesian. Um In the end, who really gives a shit, you know? <laughs> who really cares? Like, it, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, man, that overall, so that was that card um, during the day in the Nottingham. That's right, it was in Nottingham. Um, but, yeah, really great fight. Like I said, and I've been saying it for a while now. This, these heart, we've had upsets. And, and you know, it's funny. I so I'm watching the fight, right, the Woodlar, and I'm looking because I I went over. I don't know if you guys remember last week, but I went six and a half, and boy, did I pull that one off because it was late in the seventh. So I pulled that off. Um, I had some. I had a personal bet with somebody. Uh, siding with Mauricio Lara. I, I, I picked him to win by eighth round knockout, I think. Eighth or ninth, something like that. Now, I did put some money that I was feeling pretty good about. I thought I was going to hit. I felt confident that I'd win two out of my three bets some way, somehow. And I did. Um, the only one I didn't win was putting money at, at plus 220. It was plus 225 a while back on wood. But, man, in the sixth round, and even in that seventh round, I thought, damn, well, I got the over. Wood, Wood looks like he's going to win this fight. So I thought I'd make, because that would have been my biggest payout. Um, because, you know, you got the underdog money. So good plus money. But I did, I think it closed at like minus 120 or something like that. So the over, by the time the fight was about to pop off, I checked it. And the over has that was actually paying a little less. Now I got it at plus. 126, is that what I said last week on my bookie? But, uh, yeah, just barely got that over. <laughs> um, but the Luis Neri is that crazy a Hovanesian dude. That um, right off the bat, like midway, you know, these Neri was throwing some great combos early, 
um, in midway, and then early and late, Azat was getting his in. I thought the, I thought Neri won the first round. I gave him the first three, actually. I, I just thought he landed the better shots. Um, Neri had like a – there was a two-way round, of course, in the second, but he, he had like an extended flurry in the last part. Better lands, landing cleaner overall. And then I thought Hobanishian made, you know, a, a nice run. I think I gave him like – Three out of four, the next four rounds. I gave him the fourth round. He closed really well. The left hooks um, and just looping shots in general by Neri landed. Um, but, you know, I, I, not enough. Um, now, Neri did hurt. I think he had him hurt there in the fifth, right? Um, Obanishian had a good start to the round and uh, got hurt. Looked like he was pretty hurt. I'd say very hurt. Uh, he closed decently, though, considering how badly he looked that he was hurt, but Mary jumped on him on that, you know, in that round. But then, like I said, um, I thought Hovanishian had his best round. Body work, catching him, you know, catching up to Neri, looked like he was slowing him down. He got his jab going a little bit more. Neri had his jab going. Excuse me, with those straight left hands and right hooks. Actually, left and right hooks, but I gave Hobanishian the sixth and the seventh. Once again, Hobanishian start the round really well, close it with flurries. Uh, you could probably say Neri was busier, like midway, but he was moving more and more and not as busy as that round went on. The eighth round was really competitive. Um, that one where it was kind of like, hmm, I wonder who won that one. Uh, the ninth round both guys just came out swinging for the fence. I mean, these guys were getting it in. And then, I don't know if it was midway or the last minute or so, but Hobanesian was landing a lot more. In fact, 26 to 14 in that in that round. So, he was getting it in. And, um, let's see, what else do I got here? We're over on the 10th. Yeah, so the 10th, obviously, that's, that's where it all, you know, was done basically. Um, a 10-8 round. Um, early work from Hovanesian. Um, he had these long portions, um, you know, of combination punching. He, he just These long portions of the round, Neri would respond. Hovanesian even, like, the last minute was digging to the body, shoe shining, and then Neri landed a left hand and definitely hurt Hovanesian, and he smiled as he was stumbling back. He had this crazy ace, you know, smile on his face. I was like, oh, yeah, this motherfucker's a psychopath, in a good way, um, in a boxing way, right? And that's another thing, dude. If you want these dudes going for it, you know, you, you never know what someone's reaction is going to be in certain things, you know, and what someone deems disrespectful and all that. Like I said, I'm not saying let's turn this into a spitting contest, but but yeah, Neri had this you know crazy flurry, um, and I mean knockdown, yada yada yada. It was like yeah, he's done, he's he's done. Um, combos, but I thought Neri Neri actually was throwing combinations, but I thought he took his time, you know. Um, I thought he took his time. 
And Hovenasian actually landed a really nice counter left, but right at around the minute mark, 107 mark or so, I think I wrote down. It was a TKO. Um, hell of a fight, dude. Hell of a fight. That was a great fight. Um, <laughs> and Hovenasian did have a cut. That was ruled from, uh, I believe it was ruled, yeah, from a punch, right? I think so. Um but yeah, man, that I mean, that's like ho- the way Azad Hovenesian was fighting in, in the middle rounds, how he t- to me started taking over the fight, won three out of four rounds, back and forth. It did seem like Neri at times was getting a little gun shy, was fading. The body work was catching up to him. He had gotten hurt too, and that was great. Like I said, I- I'd probably have to say that that was the best fight of the year, you know, I, I think I'm pretty comfortable with saying that, I, I'd have to say that, <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty comfortable with that one, man, um, pretty basic there to say that, I think everybody, almost everybody agrees out there in uh, boxing Twitter land, great fight, man. that was fun, and now Neri, and that's the thing about Neri, dude, you never know what Neri you're going to get. You just never know. And he's really good at playing the heel. Um, obviously missing weight, and he did pop, uh, you know, dirty as well. Uh, you know, I don't know. For a while there, he had this underground, like, boxing Twitter, you know, following that were just all about this guy. Demolition man, you know, combination, fast punching, powerful, can move. Had the shoulder roll going for a while, but he kind of went away from it. But um, it was a great performance. It's, I mean, Nary, you know, Nary is, is, I mean, he's got plenty of fights now. I, one thing I don't know, did he, is he signed now? Is he like with Golden Boy? That's the one thing that I forgot to ask somebody. Is he with Golden Boy all the way, or did he just fight on this fight? Is he a free agent, or did he sign multi-year fight? I, I never saw it reported, and I forgot to ask somebody that I believe would know that. Um, because that, you know, that plays into it as far as, you know, what's out there for him. But um, I don't know. I mean, MJ... Later in the years there, obviously the, the Fulton Inoue winner is there if they don't have a rematch. Um, yeah, because I, I think MJ has two fights. The, the one he, you know, he's owed to the guy, and then I think he has another mandatory. I'm almost positive. Now, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see. I just don't think there's enough money in that fight to be like, well, we'll, we'll give that guy step aside money. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he gets an easy out and then he gets the winner. I don't know, but it was good to see Neri put on a great performance, go through some, you know, he had to weather a storm, dude, because, oh, boy, you know, Azat was getting it in, too. So that really showed me something with Neri here, and, uh, you know, it was a good win. Great fight, like I said, fight of the year. Um, and now Neri, you know, I mean, the the, the, the Carlos Castro fight, was kind of, you know, it was a different style for him, but he didn't look all that good coming off that Figueroa fight. But he has, I mean, the, uh, 
obviously the Yaka, you know, Yamata, what is it, Yamanaka fight, um, well, back-to-back on that, you have, uh, who are some of the other good ones? Oh, Arroyo, that's right, Joe Arroyo, that's okay, Payano, you know, that's right, um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of folks at 122, now, the one thing is, it's like, he was with the PBC, now, like I said, is is he with Golden Boy then, and that's on the zone, and MJ does fight on the zone, but are they going to be, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how, you know, what his next fight's going to be. Um, and this wasn't, this wasn't for any kind of interim thing, right? I don't believe so. I know, you know, Neri is lingering, you know, as far as ranking. He's in the, he's in the realm of getting a shot here, so. In fact, let me double check to see, because that obviously, you know, that obviously can kind of, you know, mean a lot. Uh, anyway, is actually in the W, well, let's see, WBC and the WBO, anyway is number one. Neri's number two in the WBC. He's not ranked in the WBA. He's ranked third in that Marlon Topolis. Topolis, Topolis, not Topolis, Tapola, Topolis, can't remember, but anyway, that's who MJ's fighting, um, so is that Neary behind him, I don't know, um, and then Inoue Aleem Neary, so, and Hobanesian was right below him, that's the WBO, so, you know, could they call Neary and Aleem for the, you know, for the, did they already, wait a second, did they already call for the, who's going to be the second mandatory? I can't remember. See, that's the thing with this shit, dude. There's just so much dumb shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's just so much dumb shit sometimes. You're like, I can't remember. I, I just, for some reason, I don't remember. But anyway, um, great fight. And I just wonder, like, if he signed their multi-year, then it's probably only going to be MJ that he gets uh, in for t- 2023. Um, because, you know, Eddie Hearn and MJ, they were already saying we want in with well, it. It's funny. They didn't say Fulton, but they did say they want anyway, you know, assuming he beat Fulton, obviously he beat Fulton. So there's plenty of fights at 122. I will say this, the, a lot of the stable at 122 of course, you know, um, Figueroa has gone up. Fulton's probably not at 122 much longer. So. Maybe it's going to even out more, and DAZN will have a couple more fighters over there. Showtime's been pretty heavy. PBC's been pretty heavy these last two years, in two, three years in that division. So uh, we'll see. But either way, man, um, it was nice to see Neri, uh, you know, bounce back. And like I said, I, I touched upon the undercard. There wasn't a whole lot there. Luckily, though, right, because, you know, we, we had such a good, good brawl that, uh, you know, it didn't really matter about the undercard. Those are the times where you're like, eh, whatever. I'll get over it, you know. Like, I, I don't really care about the undercard on this one because this shit popped off, you know. That's, that's what it's all about. Um, so either way, like I said, another great weekend. We've had a string of great fights or upsets or fights you thought, ah, it'll be competitive for a little bit, and then Peter B will knock them out. Well, you know. He ended up fucking him up, but that was a damn good fight, you know, and, and like I said, Liam Smith is the upset. We've had upsets. We've had great fights. It really look. I'll tell you what. 
if someone would have said, I think Lara's going to knock him out, or, or I think Lara's going to win this fight when it was in the sixth round, I probably would have bet somebody saying, I don't know. I think if someone would have, that's why I kind of edited myself. Did you hear that? <laughs> if someone said Lara's going to knock him out, and that's their only bet they wanted to make, then no, because at that point it did seem like, well, you got to win by a knockout. Maybe I misread that uh, that quote from Teddy Atlas. I could have sworn I saw a quote today on, on, on the tweets, on the Twitters, that he said that he would have got screwed. Help me out there. Did that happen? Oh, yeah, somebody asked me, did I like the Dalton Smith body slam? Yeah, that was uh, to the campus. When you have the lead and it's later in the, uh, you know, in the fight, it's just kind of silly, you know. By the way, that that dude who beat uh, Yafaya was a a plus 1,000. He opened at a plus 1,000. That's pretty crazy. Um, So, yeah, it will be Sam Maxwell and Dalton. So that is something there. And, you know, I have heard a lot of people talking about the commentary. And, you know, nowadays the commentary is, you know, over the top. We get it. But it does seem like the zone in ESPN at times just gets – like I said, at times they're all like, what the hell's going on, you know? But other times it's just like, dude, this is really bad. I mean, whenever the score – I'm not a big fan of the unofficial scorecard showing a bias like not in the scorecard per se you know like oh i'd say oh it's a bias because you know it's opposite of my scorecard or something right i'm not saying that when you got in like frotch like when you got guys saying uh you know i probably maybe i'm just wanting him to win too much that's probably not who you should have for your score you know what i mean it's just i know it's just the unofficial scorecard and i know it's 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 not official, right? I get it. But it's very misleading because, you know, you and I, meaning the hardcore that's, you know, listening to this, you and I know that shit, right? But fucking Joe Schmo, Joe Public, they don't fucking, they think that's the, they, they kind of think that that's the card. I mean, I've heard many a times, like, dude, they, so he's going to win. He's going to win. That's bullshit. Like, dude, this is, un- it says it right there, but they just see scorecard. And they just don't, he's going to win. You know, so it's like, I don't know, but that one was like, I, I just not a big fan of someone just tipping so far to the A-side fighter or the hometown fighter. It just, you're going to tip there. You're going to do some stuff. We get it. Like I said, everybody fucking does it, but it just seems like sometimes the zone just, it's it just way over the top. It's just like, come on, dude. I don't know. And I shouldn't say the zone because, you know. Golden Boy, Matchroom, you know what I mean? It is what it is, but I don't know. That just seems like the DAZN crew, whether it's U.S. or over there, it just it just seems a little over the top. Like, I can like individuals in there, but I don't know. It just it seems a little over the top at times. Or not seems, it is. But, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Um... There was another – oh, yeah, Showbox. There was a Showbox. So you get so caught up in those two great main events on Saturday. We actually had what would that have been the second night. Yeah, the second fight. That was a pretty damn good scrap too. Um, 
the opener uh, with Scooby, Kurt Scooby and uh, John Manny, Manu, I think it was Manu, um, it was, what, two undefeated guys? Yeah. So that, it was uh, junior welterweights, if I remember correctly. Um, I mean, there wasn't much to this fight. Scooby came out with jabbing, landed a few couple right hands. Um, and, you know, he, he was he was pumping that jab pretty early, super early, just coming out double jab, big right hand, scored knockdown. A few more right hands to the body, another right hand for the second knockdown, and then more right hands, you know, legs are looking really bad at this point. In the third knockdown, TKO hooks to the body, right hand, it's over. So there wasn't much there. Um, but the second fight, the uh, um, Lopez and Vasquez, Miss I.L. Miss I.L., Lopez, and Edward Vasquez. That was a good-ass fight. That was a, that was a fun fight. I gave uh, the first round based on jabs, basically, to uh, Lopez. Um, there were, you know, Vasquez landed a knockdown in the second one. Um, you had Lopez jabbing more, but, you know, and he was pivoting somewhat. But, um, you know, Vasquez had some success, uh, right hand to the body, and then with, like, I think 70 seconds, 70 seconds left or something like that, knocked down, late right hands to the head and body. Uh, left, it was a left on the top of the head. Was it a knockdown? Because of that, it did seem like, well, you put yourself off balance. Um, it wasn't a clean knockdown per se, but I, I would call that a knockdown because of that. The third round, I gave it the question mark. Um, you had more jabs and left hooks from uh, um, Misael Lopez. Um, and then, you know, Edward Vasquez was landing combinations too. Um, and maybe the combos by Lopez late sold that round. I did give him the fourth round. Um, you know, he, he had him actually on the ropes, letting shots go. Um, it's not to say that Vasquez, who, you know, was, uh, oh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm reading my notes wrong. That's right. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Vasquez actually had Lopez on the ropes and letting his hands go for, you know, letting Lopez managed to fight off those ropes. And then like the 60-second mark, a big right hand and, you know, some more busy work. He probably stole that fourth round. I gave it to him anyway. Fifth round, went back to Vasquez. So you can see it's going back and forth uh, early and just ongoing these rapid-fire uh, combos were were enough for me to give him that. There, there was like a little comeback strong landing multiple, you know, punches for, for Lopez, but like clean punches too, but it wasn't enough. Sixth round, question mark round, very close round. Did Vasquez steal it at the end? I, I could see that, um, but, it, but it was close. Um, and then I gave the eighth round, actually the seventh and eighth round to Lopez. Uh, at that time, it was more like he was landing and then moving more and then landing. And, you know, he wasn't – basically wasn't allowing him to get off as much as he had. Um, now, there was, I think, part of that round – the last part of the round, he was on the ropes, but it wasn't like he was getting completely bullied. 
Um, and in the eighth round, Lopez, man, a jab, two-punch combo, circle, pivot, you know? Um, and he also landed some, you know, good shots down down the stretch. You know, basically some, some steady work by Vasquez, but he was getting out hustled late, so I couldn't give him that round. But I did give uh, Vasquez the ninth and the tenth. I mean, he was walloping him over and over again with a lot of clean shots in that ninth round. Both guys um, active in the twelfth round or in the tenth round, but I think the cleaner, harder, you know, the more flush shot um, was Vasquez. I mean, this, this was a tight ass fight, really tight fight. Could have went either way. Um, Vasquez did get it, ninety six, ninety three. 95-94, and it was 95-94 the other way as well. Really close fight. Very close fight. I gave it to Vasquez, 5-4-1, uh, 6-4, um, you know, that type of stuff. 5-5, five, five, I, I could have seen that too. Um, but it was a good fight. As you could tell, just kind of going back and forth. It, it's kind of like pick your, you know, poison of who you thought won the fight. But I, I did think... Uh, I don't know. I mean, looking at it more, it's like, I think I was really, like, confident in, like, four rounds apiece for them. And then the other two rounds, what were the rounds that I highlighted? The sixth and the third. A couple other close rounds, too. But, um, yeah, man, that was uh, that was fun. That was definitely fun. Um, and then the main event was pretty damn one-sided. What the hell is the main event here? I don't even know if I have to do it. Oh, yeah, here it is. Um, main event, um, it was Holmes Jr. Yeah, Ardrell Holmes and um, Ismail Virilla. I think it is Virilla. Anyway, um, this was, you know, this is pretty pretty well pretty one-sided like for a a good chunk of the fight i'm not going to sit there and and say holmes won every single solitary round or whatever but the one thing that so it wasn't a blowout i'm not saying that you know holmes jr won every round because that i don't think that's true but to get some some one ref so it was 96 94 97 93 and he lost a scorecard, 96-94. I mean, that was bullshit to me. That was bullshit to me. Now, you can tell it was a t- tight fight. I mean, the jabs were 50-8. to eight. Um, Body, 42-35, to 35, very close. That was in favor of Vasquez. The jabs were in favor of Holmes, 116-98. So you did have uh, Virila. Um, he was a little more, um, you know, like he landed – yeah, he's more accurate, 36% or whatever. But I just didn't think he won the round or won enough rounds to win the fight. So I was kind of scratching my head on that one. It was kind of like, eh, nah, you know, I'm good on that. I don't I don't think that he won that the, the rounds. I just didn't see it, dude. Just didn't see it. Couldn't see it, didn't see it. Um, but, you know, we'll see. So the So, okay, main event. Fairly one-sided, but a good fight, whatever. Um, but the co-feature was good. Co-feature was good. So you had, like, three standout fights this weekend. Obviously, the more important one in 
the ones that stood out the most were Saturday with Lee Wood and Mauricio Lara Nishian. And like I said, pretty much most people think that that's the fight of the year, which I can't really sit there and be like, nah, you know, I, I'd have to agree with that one. I definitely have to agree with that one. Um, so, of course, you know, in my neck of the woods, and it's for the people coming in um, to Minnesota and Minneapolis, man, it's uh, it's going to be rough for you guys, okay, especially if you're coming in from not a cold-weather state, especially. Um, we're supposed to get – now, we're not on some Buffalo in Vermont in, like, the Upper Peninsula and, like, you know, parts of Colorado and Utah and all that shit where they just get four feet of snow. We don't get four feet of snow, okay, like in one, you know, storm. But we are – there's a potential that we we believe – here they're saying that it's going to at least be the biggest snowstorm inches-wise uh, since 2010. In 2010, if you guys remember – if you watch, you know, the NFL and you know the Minnesota Vikings, they used to play in the Metrodome. And when that rooftop came down and the snow caved it in, um, that was the last time we had that crazy of a snow, all in like a matter of days. So we're supposed to for sure hit that. Um, but they're maybe saying all the way back like 30 years maybe. We had this uh, crazy enough. The biggest snowfall in one day was October 31st on Halloween, 1991. Um, I think it was 25 inches in one day, you know. I don't think it started in the morning, but, yeah, so anyway, there's going to be a bunch of snow. And there's already, like, a decent layer of snow, so it's going to look like it's even more. But then, here's the kicker. It's going to get really windy. They're saying maybe gusts up to 35, 40 some places 50 miles an hour. Now, you're not going to have wind gusts crazy, as crazy, uh, like inside the city, right? Because, you know, the buildings and shit help. But <laughs> so it's supposed to snow a bunch, then get windy, and then drop like to negative. I think the – I'll check right now. Um, so it's gonna you're going to get the whole Minnesota experience, dude. So the high on Friday – for the weigh-in, the high is 9 degrees. The low is negative 11. Now, it gets sunny, jumps up to, you know, a high of 22 on Saturday. You know, by Monday, it's going to be 37. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, so if you're coming, uh, you know, to the city, man, I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, this is February, dude. So what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? It's February, and it's in Minnesota. Funny thing is, like, up north, more closer to the Canadian border, this, for some reason, this uh, this go-around, they're not getting as much snow. So I've heard anything from 15 to 20 inches. We've heard that, especially in the in the Twin Cities, in the metro area, Twin Cities being Minneapolis and St. Paul, we might get as much as, like, 25 inches. I'm not sure, though. We'll see. So, yeah, we have a fight, though. There is a fight. And it should be a banger. I mean, Sabriel Matias, if you haven't seen him fight, you're probably not, you know, you've probably seen him fight because you're listening to a, a hardcore boxing. 
But Jeremiah's Pont, is it Ponce or Ponce? I want to say it's Ponce. But anyway, these dudes get it in. And it should be a really fun, like, once again, on the hardcore fight level, we should probably get another banger. Now, the the opener, and it, it, it seems like it's the opener, but then the way it's set up, I think it may be the co-feature. I, I don't think – I don't know. But Edwin Rodriguez and Joseph Adorno is a good fight for Edwin Rodriguez, I think. Um, and I think it's the opener for the triple header for Showtime. And then Jamal James uh, is on the card as well. And he's taken on, you know, a, a decent fighter, a good fighter. Um, but I think they're just, you know, trying to get him a dub, get him back as it has been a while. And uh, it's Alberto uh, Palmetta, who, you know, I've seen him fight before. He's, he's pretty good. They're, you know, I'm not trying to, like, pump him up or anything like that. I think they're trying to get a one. And then, you know, on the undercard, I'm not sure – Like, what, what's his name? Um, Abdurakhorov or whatever. The dude who Crowley beat, um, like, it, I think it was his last fight, if I remember correctly. He's taking on a local guy here, uh, Bashan Owens, who actually gave uh, Fundora, like, a good couple rounds. It was actually lighting them up, but then, you know, he ultimately lost the fight. But um, I wonder... Um, I wonder if that's that's who they're gonna have face off against each other. You know, the next fight, like they're, if Jamal gets through there and Abdukoros gets through this, which they're both supposed to, especially. Um, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You never know. Um, so yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that's what they're not trying to set up right there, you know. My guess is that's what exactly what they're going to do, and to have them on the same card, it makes a lot of sense, because then maybe they'll come back, you know, this summer or late summer or something like that. I know there's a June Armory card that we'll get into a little bit later during uh, Fight News. Um, and actually, I forgot to check my email to see if they've updated it as far as, like, exactly David Morrell's going to fight. Maybe I, uh, maybe I should have, you know, should have checked that before I got on here. Cause I, that could have been, they could have sent me something with that information. But I have kind of, um, you know, I have kind of seen some, uh, you know, some basically some stuff out there that I'm starting to see more cards like this card's about to be announced. That card's about to be announced. And, you know, we've been waiting for um, the announcement of Ryan Garcia. <laughs> in Gervonta, we've been waiting for the Fury Usyk. Shit, even Haney and Loma, considering they were said they were going to fight, and then that's who was going to fight next. That's been taking a little while. So, boxing fans are, are left, you know, in the wind, so to speak. But this should be a good card. I like two out of the three fights. Jamal James is rarely in a bad fight, if we're being honest about it. I'm not just, you know, being biased about that. I think, you know, he's usually a good one. Uh, so I'll break down the main event. Um, 
in just a little bit, but we do have, just for the other parts of the fight schedule, we do have this Wednesday, tomorrow, uh, we have Pro Box TV, um, which is, a, you know, a, a card where Manuel Gallos, I think it is, he's like 20-1 and one or something like that. He's taking on an undefeated guy that I feel like I've seen him fight once, but I don't totally remember him. He's 13-0. and 0. Um, Van Sicklin. I think I've maybe I've just seen highlights of him. But it's more of the, you know, uh, Marquise Valle, a couple other. There's some prospects like a 5-0, and 6-0, 7-0 type. But, but here's the thing. It's already really inexpensive, right? It's already really inexpensive. But you get to actually Wednesday night, uh, let's see what it says. Watch pro boxing TV events for free. No sign-up required. Live in YouTube in English or Spanish and ad-free on ProBoxTV.com. So you can still watch it on your ProBox app, which is really inexpensive. But, you know, you can also just watch it for free on YouTube. That's Wednesday. And then um, I think it's Gold Boy, correct? I believe. Uh, Thursday night. John Scrappy Ramirez, who I remember uh, in boxing scene, said he's ready to take over 115. I think there was a headline there. Um, he's taken on Luis Padilla and Manuel Flores' unbeaten prospect, um, taking on um, who is it? Solano. Solano. So. Eight rounds, something like that. So that's going to be Thursday. That's from Indio, California. There we go. So Golden Boy President Aaron Gomez, this is from Boxing boxing Scene, is closely monitoring Ramirez with the intent to sign him should, uh, you know, the weak wins keep coming. He's got power, quickness. His ring generalship is what I impress with the most. His balance is perfect. He's always in position. I expect great things. Can be a champion this year, so this is a you know a big fight for him. Obviously, uh, it sounds like the WBA title limiter awaits him against uh, Tyen, 64 and 4, 42 KOs. Definitely seen him fight. Uh, with the winner lined up to challenge the current champion Joshua Franco. Um, so he said, you know, I'm here to take over 115. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I've only been boxing for seven years. I'm still learning as I'm fighting. I have a high ceiling. I've been talking my shit and walking. Walking the walk. So keep an eye on, you know, out for that one. By the way, Team USA yesterday picked up six victories uh, in a tournament. Uh, was it Stranja tournament or something? I think they went six and two. I think it's Bulgaria. Team USA. So something to uh, keep an eye on. By the way, um, so we're going to go over some fight news and whatnot. Someone texted me Mayweather is fighting too. Okay, that's right. Wasn't that on-off, on-off type thing though? Is that 100% for sure? Um, I can't remember if that's 100%. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's 
could have sworn that there was like a, I don't know. I could have sworn there, that that fight was off. I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't give a shit about it. So it is what it is. Do you. Watch it if you want. It's fine with me. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything as far as being weird about it. Broner actually, they canceled his event after that Williams dude had fractured his uh, jaw two places. Now, his father basically, you know, came out and said stuff about Roy Jones. And um, Roy Jones did kind of be like, well, you know, I had him in there with two 3-0 lightweights, and he was having problems, so I didn't want him to fight. They wanted to pull him away. Then they said he was sparring a heavyweight. I believe Roy said, nah, dude, they were just, like, you know, kind of just not even full-on sparring. They were just you know, messing around, not messing around, but just kind of throwing punches at each other, mess, you know, sometimes you'll, you won't full on spar, you'll just be kind of playing around a little bit, going through, not going through the motions, but, you know, just light sparring, I guess you could say, kind of a mixed messages there, but I don't know what side's rightness or not, but um, I think it was $175,000, if I remember correctly. So I could understand why Williams and his pops would want that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but then he had a broken, you know, a jaw in two different places. And they said it's from, you know, they, Roy had him sparring a heavyweight or like a, was it a heavyweight or some, some kind of big-ass fight, fighter, I should say. Roy was kind of be like, nah, dude, I had him with two lightweights. You know, I, he said that he was having problems taking a good punch at 140. So even at 147, he said it didn't work out. And I, he had this interview not long ago. I forgot the source, to be honest with you. But um, I don't know. Either way, the fight's off. The fight's off. Here we go. Michael Williams, Roy Jones said Michael Williams getting touched up by two this is fault. Oh wait, what's the source here? But so touched up by two three and lightweights, and one was allowed to use just one hand. That's why he wanted to pull him from the fight. But it turns out it doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. So um, you know, it is what it is. Not much you can do. Um. Before we get to news, you know, um, because like I said, there is some somewhat news, uh, mixed messaging from the Gervonta, Ryan Garcia stuff. The one thing that stands out to me, that I say it earlier in the podcast, that Gervonta Davis looked like he was in front of the Mayweather gym, meaning he's in Las Vegas. And maybe he planned on doing his camp there possibly see that right but he made peace with Roly. Roly came out and they handshaked or whatever so if he's starting camp he's gonna fight somebody april 15th maybe that's what it is or they've already started camp i think both of them have but um maybe they're gonna announce it in las vegas i have no clue don't have a clue not gonna act like i do but i think that's a pretty you know good thing and then we'll get into some Bob Arams, of course, Stevenson. Would he face Haney Loma winner next? He was kind of in between on that. We'll get into that. But Haney Loma is getting held up a little bit, too. 
So we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about the zone raising their prices again. Now, like I said, we went over that a couple like two weeks ago for the UK. I gotta say, like to raise it a hundred percent is pretty crazy. I mean they literally last year if you're you know, if you if you pay a hundred dollars per year, they raised it fifty bucks, right? Some people were grandfathered in, you know, to that hundred dollars because they've been the, the loyal subscribers. And when they did the price bump, you know, the first less than a year, they allowed you to be like, hey, but here's, I think, what was it, eight thirty-three a month? So it was a really good deal. And even at one fifty, it was like twelve something, I think. So it was still a really good deal. But to jump it up a hundred percent in less than a year. It's pretty nuts. We'll get into some of that detail. And that one threw me the fuck off. Because it'd be different if they didn't have any pay-per-views or something. But I don't know of a streaming service. Because remember, their, their big thing was we're going to be the net, you know, the, the Netflix of sports. And it's like, Netflix didn't go up 100%. Name me you know, a streaming service that went up even 50% in, in one year, let alone 100 the shit, the shit's wild, dude. I, I can and I can't believe that, you know. Um, and like I said, it kind of makes it feel worse because you didn't even give us. Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that in a second. There is other, you know, good fight news, real fight news. Um, I think Jake Paul is going to beat Tommy Fury. I don't think Fury's all that good um, as a boxer, professional boxer. I know he's been at it longer than Jake Paul. Jake Paul's got a pretty good jab. Tommy Fury better bring his jab to the fight. Got to bring the jab to the fight and use it because that's the way you're going to keep, you know, Jake from landing punches, uh, you know, because he does, he can punch. He's got some hand speed and all that. I think Jake's going to win, um, but I won't, you know, I'm not going to partake in that. But um, that is during the day ESPN Plus pay-per-view i got jake paul winning um is it wait a second um is it another eight rounder is that let me let me see let, let me i forgot to check that actually what is it another eight rounder or is it ten yeah it's an eight rounder it's an eight rounder and he went eight rounds in his last fight he twice now um, and you know Fury Tommy Fury hasn't gone eight rounds he's gone six in his last one but he went four as a pro in his pro debut went four four and six in the last three fights so and one of those was Anthony Taylor so um, yeah I got Jake Paul in that fight so it is you know I'm not gonna go too into it. I do think that we'll probably see um, we'll probably see Edwin Rodriguez um, beat Joseph Adorno, but I like the fight for him. I think it's a good fight for him. You know what I mean? I do like that. Where he's at right now, obviously, you know, he's not a full-on prospect or nothing like that. Um, But you know, he's, he's trying to get in that contender range. So 
I do like that. Uh, I like him in the fight. I think Jamal James is going to win, but Palmetto, I mean, you know, he's like, I don't know, he doesn't have, he has like one decent win. Um, Well, I guess two, but yeah, I guess two. He does have two decent wins, but I, I don't know. I don't even know if I call it two. You know, sometimes you can, sometimes you can look at a record, then you go and check them out and you're like, oh, actually, I, I, like I said, I think they're trying to set up that that undercard fight, personally. Um, but the Sabril Matias and Jermias Ponce, or is it Ponce? This is going to be a banger, obviously, right? And um, you know, kind of going over, we've seen Sabril more, I'd say, uh, of late in the last couple of years, to an extent, anyway. Um, Ponce, you know, he's He's 30 and 0. And we all know about the, you know, the, the Argentine puncher. A lot of people say it and you know, it, all of a sudden it can you you can run up on it and all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa, this where the hell did this guy come from?" And I wouldn't say he's coming out of nowhere. Um his best win probably written, right? I'd assume unless there's something earlier that I I just didn't see. And even in that fight cuz that's probably the one of the better fights to watch, just because at least we know uh, Luis Ritson, you know, more. So he has, Ponce has a very, like a steady-ass jab. And he'll throw that thing three or four times. Um, he His left hook, he whips, he literally whips it to the body. He's got this whipping left hook. Um, and overall, you know, with his right hand, um, either lead right hand or a one-two, he turns his punches pretty well, I'd have to say. Um, but, uh, you know, he finds the target sometimes with that whipping left hand, uh, with the left left hook. Sometimes it's like the liverish area, you know, so look for that. Um, he definitely keeps like a higher guard than Matias, that's for sure. Um and I also know I also noticed Ponce in some of my notes here. He can adjust like mid punch. Not everybody can do that. Whether it's like going to be an uppercut turns into a forty five or vice versa. Um, now, as far as like um, like the Ponce, like I said, he has that jab, the higher guard, I should say. But the jab, Ritz's jab, he was able to jab through that guard. Um, he also was able to land lead right hands. Um, at times, even during the give and take, he was definitely able to land there. Ponce has some upper body movement. Um, but sometimes, and this is both of them, some, sometimes both of them at times will fall in too much when they're punching. And so, like sometimes the Ponce stuff with the upper body movement, sometimes he'll It'll be, like, they're both kind of awkward. I definitely think Ponce is more awkward um, offensively, but because both of them are, I'd say. Um, both of them have kind of an unorthodox style to an extent. Um, but I, I notice Ponce will get off balance sometimes when he does that upper body, you know, upper body movement, and he'll, he kind of gets flat-footed. I'm not saying he's, like, cause he, a little flat-footed in front of him. I'm not saying he, like, squares up fully because he does kind of always have a lean 
but sometimes he's so close to the guy and he leans so much that he kind of puts himself in bad positions, especially up close. And that's what I'm, you know, talking about with those right hands up close. Um, as far as, uh, well, I mean, you know, he can bring constant pressure to and volume. Like I said, he is definitely uh, unorthodox offensively, but the volume, constant pressure, just, you know, just, just, just coming. Just both these guys, pause, uh, you know, are that. And, and I think uh, Sabril Matias, he can kind of close – he loves to close the distance and let his shots go. And at times he's been, he's a brutal dude. Like he's, he can, he's heavy handed. Um, I noticed that in, in a lot of his fights, he's good at getting the outside foot position, which I think when you're in there with guys that can punch and if you get that angle and, and I noticed they're, neither of them are great defenders, but like I said, Ponce has the upper body movement. So does, uh, so does Matias, but I think his footwork, getting the outside foot leverage, lends itself to being able to duck down, but then also punch, and maybe have a little bit more, more behind it, but he definitely keeps his hands lower. He definitely keeps his hands lower than Ponce, but I feel like he's got um, better upper body movement. Um, but yeah, close the distance, let his hands go. and He, he's, he looks faster to me. Both of them are pretty, you know, quick-fisted, but the combinations of speed are real. The short shots are accurate on the inside. I mean, there's really no way that this won't be a brawl, dude. It's just, it's going to be a great fight. I'm really looking forward to this fight. Uh, I, unfortunately, am helping out a friend in need. I'm going to watch his kids because there's some health issues with his wife. And uh, I, I, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to attend the event, unfortunately. Now, later that night I'll be watching when the, the the kids are tucked in. But you know, family and friends come first, so you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, it's I wouldn't say it's touch and go like it's 100% life threatening, but it's it, it you know you need to help something to help. Um, so I won't be, unfortunately, going to the event, which obviously is a bummer, but hey, what are you going to do, right? But I got Matias, by the way, I don't think I actually gave my prediction. <laughs> I got Matias, and, you know, definitely Matias, obviously, has the better um, resume. Neither guy has some kind of huge, a bunch of huge wins, but even the... This is a few years back now. The uh, Dadashev, Dadashev, Maxim Dadashev, um, who I don't think has fought since then, right? Yeah, because, damn, I forgot about that shit. But anyway, that was a big win for him. Um, and he lost, too. He, he took that loss. I think it, it was on the, uh, the rematch, the Fury Wilder rematch. Uh, Matias got dropped in that fight. It was a close fight, but I, I thought he should have lost, you know. He bounced back, though, beat Malik Hopkins, the Jukumbayev. I watched that fight last night again, the Jukumbayev. I think fighting a guy like that is a, I'm not going to say, 
you know, an exact style thing and it's a perfect lineup or nothing like that. But I just think that what Jukumbayev like gave him as far as looks was pretty interesting. And then also for him to come back and take, uh, what was it, Ananian? I think it was Ananian, Pet- Petros. For him to come back and look really, you know, like he, he knocked him down, he won cleanly, I thought that was a nice step, you know. Now, he's been out for a while, though. I mean, that was last year, wasn't it? At the beginning of the year. I should check that out. Matias has been out. Did he get hurt, or has he just been out this long? can't remember now. Um, but, you know, both of them, because I, let me double check. Because I don't think – yeah, Ponce did get one fight in last year a couple months after. So it's fairly even at that point. And, he, you know, he took on a lesser opponent, that's for sure. Um, so I, I, I'm going with the Puerto Rican here, Sabriel Matias. Um, you know, he's a clean favorite. And it's one of those things where – I'm very confident he's going to win. The odds will tell you that. I think, I mean, hey, if you believe Ponte, go put money on him. <laughs> because even at DraftKings, I'm looking right at pro boxing odds right now. Plus 330, plus 270 on FanDuel, plus 300 bet MGM. Um, you know, I have yet to, if I see that number go down a little bit more, I may jump on it. Um just because I'm pretty comfortable knowing he's going to win. Right. But, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun getting there. I think that's the key. It's going to be a lot of fun getting there. And, uh, these two dudes, the style matchup, I mean, sometimes you can match them up. I know I've seen it plenty of times where you think it's going to be great. And you're like, ah, it was okay. It was average. It's pretty good. You know, (laughs) nothing crazy. Um, but, and I still can't, it will not put my damn tweet out. <laughs> I don't know why. I really don't know what's going on. I mean, Twitter's been fucked up lately, but, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. Why it won't let me tweet. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I, I do think it's just a matter of it, is he going to get knocked out or not. That, that's the way I feel. I'm going to say he is. I'm going to say he is. All his wins have come by knockout, right? Yeah, eighteen and zero, eighteen knockouts. So, and he's 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 knocked out a higher caliber of prospect slash fringe contender. I guess that's the way I put it. Um, but yeah, like I said, stylistically, bring this shit on. I think it should be a really good fight. Uh, on that Thursday card from Fantasy Springs on the Zone. Uh, Manuel Flores is on there. Did I mention that? Um, the Stephanie Cohen and Leanne Caldron, that might be a good fight, too. I think that's, you know, a little bit closer, closely matched. Um, but, yeah, it should be a banger. I'm really looking all as far as the premium predictions. Gilmore Rigondeau is fighting Jesus uh, Martinez in Hialeah, Florida. I don't know if there's a stream for that or not, or if, if someone's, I don't know. Um, okay, so Aaron Ch- Chalmers, 
that's who Floyd's fighting in London. Oh, speaking of, is this is this card still on? Luis Ritson and O'Hara Davis? Is that? Huh. I thought that I thought that got pushed back. So I guess that's on too. Why did I think that that got pushed back? Huh. Well, you know, sometimes it just goes backwards. So yeah, it, it's on. Okay. Um. And it's actually from Nottingham too. I don't think there's anything available right now on it. Thomas Patrick Ward and uh, Kolmatov. I've heard people talk about that fight. Look out for that one. That could be interesting. Um, yeah. So there's that too. <laughs> How's that for you? Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it for the action this weekend. Hopefully we get in, you know, we've been getting spoiled lately, so hopefully that, that continues. You know what I mean? Hopefully that continues. That would be that would be phenomenal, dude. That would be phenomenal. God, I hope that that we get a good fight again. I I mean I am almost positive we're gonna get a fight in the main event, but we just been spoiled some I think the only one that as far as looking forward to the only one that didn't live up to it was that ESPN card with the heavyweight that um, the featherweight fight was good um, but the heavyweights that's what it was the heavyweights were like that 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 card sucked <laughs> but you know you match them up as a you know as a as a promoter all you can do matchmaker all you can do is match them up they look good on paper and the shit just didn't pop off but it shit happens, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not the end of the world. Okay, so, depending on reports, and I really don't want to spend much time with this. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but I know I'm just going to cover it. Whatever. Um, oh, yeah, someone said there was a, yeah, that's right, there was a cut. Um, the dude who got cut, the Dow Riley. The guy wants, like, it was a bad cut. I forgot to mention that. That, that is very true. That was a bad cut, actually. Um, he wants a rematch. That's what, that's what the dude was saying. Someone sent me something. Okay, so let's see what they said about this here. So, you know, Mike Coppinger has said that it's just a matter of announcing it, right? This fight. And Oscar by the way. He did say everything that I've been talking about, it's all good, everything's good, we signed off, it's a wrap, it's good. We're done. That's, that's, what it, that's what he said, right? He said it on camera, Mike Coppinger said everything's signed, both fighters for April 15th, Las Vegas. Uh, DeSone also received their contract from Showtime, which is expected to be finalized tomorrow. And that was a couple days ago. So, you know, like I said last week, if we don't hear an announcement this week, okay, here's Oscar. He, 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 everything is settled. Everything is agreed on. I, I strongly feel that any second now, any minute, now any hour, both Ryan and Tank will be announcing. That's what he said to Fight Hub TV. So, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is what it is. I don't know if that's – he said a lot of fun. So I really don't know. 
that's all I got for you. You know, I'm not going to go too deep into this stuff. Um, I'm just not, you know. But like I said, we'll know. If they don't announce it this week, it just doesn't seem like they're – why would they wait, wait another week? You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem to make sense why they do that. It does kind of feel like both of them are going to fight that day regardless, which I don't know. You know, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. But uh, so that's all I'm going to say. I'm just I'm just repeating what Oscar said. Okay. But there is some fight news. We'll get to some other stuff as well. Regis Prograis. We'll stay with the Coppinger news. Regis Prograis and Jack Catterall are reportedly now in talks. Okay. So Catterall wanting to challenge Prograis for the you know WBC. So that'd be cool because as we know. You know, we, we found out that deep in the talks where it was uh, Teofimo Lopez and uh, Josh Taylor. And a lot of people thought, oh, you're going to duck them. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And it's like, well, I mean, if, if they're, if he, you know, if they're both fighting each other, that, that's, I can't really call that a duck. Sucks for Catterall. You know, it is what it is. You know, we did wonder what the hell Teofimo was doing when he, wouldn't fight Barboza, then he didn't even negotiate with Regis. And I know that there's the Pro Bellum top rank issue. Now it sounds like Pro Bellum is done and they got a new name and they're, you know, whatever. We'll see how that goes. But they couldn't do business together. Um, so I don't know. It was just kind of shaky because they're already talking, you know, his team and Tiafimo senior, well, that's his team, senior and junior, as far as that speaks to the public a lot. The way they said it, they were already like, well, the purse bid is bullshit. It's like, well, we haven't even got to the purse bid yet. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? But obviously, there's going to be an issue because of the company formerly known as ProBellum, right? But, so that'd be cool. Okay, so you can't make, so so those two are going to fight? Cool. Awesome. So let's let Catterall and, and Regis fight. That'd be dope to me. I think that'd be dope. But Aram says this was this was Sunday on boxing scene. Bob Aram says Taylor Catterall rematch wasn't viable after WBO ordered, you know, mandated Lopez. And uh, in a recent interview, I know Catterall wants to fight for the title, so that's uh, what I pr- would propose to him. They do another fight with his promoter boxer. And we agree, Taylor and Tia Female, that the winner of that fight would fight Catterall. Um, boxer CEO Ben Shalom has said Catterall is contractually uh, obligated to fight Taylor. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. But Bob, you know, when he says, like, oh, we, there was nothing we could do about it, well, it also it mentions it right here. Uh, in a recent interview, Aram says WBA decision was the chief reason why Taylor Catterall, too, was no longer on the table. But as Boxing Scene recently pointed out, the teams for Lopez and Taylor were already in discussion about a fight well in advance of the WBO notice. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, come on, dude. And it's the WBO with Bob only, you know, that just happens. You know, it is what it is. I like to fight a lot. I'm not going to complain about it, but you know, don't uh, you know, don't bullshit us that much, you know, where you're like, well, oh, and, and actually, someone sent me this copy box thing for Matias and Ponce, dude. 
So total punches. So total punches thrown per round, 86 for Matias, 75. So basically 86 and 76 is a 75.8 around. And they land, Matias lands 27 punches, almost seven to the body per round. And Ponce, he lands 24 on average and 10, almost 11 to the body, both of them over 30%. I mean, these dudes are going to get it in. And most of them, they throw, they both throw around 25 jabs around and land five and three. So Matias' jab is more solid. It was better, but they both land like 21. They both land 21 power punches, non-jabs around. So, yeah, this shit's going to bang. Like, that's what I'm telling you about the style matchup, dude. This is, this is going to pop the fuck off. It just, it just is, dude. It just is. It really is, man. Okay, so, Charlo and Boots return, according to International Boxing News, and I have heard this on the low a little bit. Sounds like, and this is what I mean by certain dates coming out, right? Is it? I don't know if it's going to go past June or not, the Showtime schedule. Last year they announced, did they announce the early July that Magseo Ray Vargas, I believe. Was that part of it? Maybe I'm wrong on that one. I think that was part of it. Anyway, undefeated, well, it just says undefeated WBC champ, who's been out for a while. He's had good reasons to be out. Now, some people thought the WBC should have just made him a champion in recess because he did have legit reasons why he was out of the ring, not just injury, but then, and, and then make a fight, you know, for the interim and then mandate when he comes back. But, of course, the WBC kind of does shit on their own, too, just like all the others. Anyway, June 17th, uh, so Juneteenth in Houston. Um, we don't know the opponent right now, but Charlo, Jamal Charlo will be back. And Ennis is on the co-feature. So it, it sounds like it's going to land in Houston. So that's good to get Charlo back. We'll see, um, you know, what goes on there. See what's up with that. Um, Eddie, Her- oh, wait, hold on. Oh, here's another one I was talking about. Um, well, actually, hold on. So Virgil Ortiz says, to everyone asking when tickets go on sale, I don't know yet, but we'll let you guys know as soon as possible. Thanks for the support. It, I think it just got officially announced. I did I don't – like, I think it got announced at the press office. They're not open, though, the box office, I should say. They're not – it's not open yet. Can't buy them yet, but it's coming. So look for that announcement. That's a great fight. Him and Stanonius. Uh, and then this is some interesting news. But also, like, well, hold on. Let me just make sure this is going to happen, or is this a promoter talking, right? So Eddie Hearn, this is IFL TV, Eddie Hearn has revealed that he is in talks to potentially make Dimitri Bivol versus a better be for the undisputed heavyweight in June in Abu Dhabi. However, there are also talks for Bivol Joshua Boatze, followed by Canelo Alvarez rematch in September. And someone said below this, this is Michael Benson, but he said, uh, so, uh, so in other words, 
um, use Beater be, uh, yeah, BS name, but, you know, just make the in-house fight. And, and that's kind of what he, you know, at least he's making an in-house fight. But, yeah, um, it's kind of the, the in-house fight. A lot of in-house fights make a lot of sense nowadays because of the, the, the network, the set, you know, promoters signed to a network and they got to, you know, they got to live up to their contract. But, you know, it's been a few years now that these guys have been in the same way. I mean, they've been, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. I just wouldn't get my hopes up is what I'm saying. Sorry, I had to get some water there. I wouldn't get my hopes up. But the the, the only thing is the Abu Dhabi thing makes me think, oh, shit, wait a second, you know? That's that would be some big ass money, you know. That would be big money, so or you know, big enough money for them. So so maybe that's how it's possible. Maybe Bob Arum is like, hey, this is some good ass money. I'm gonna get a cut, bucket, you know. Or maybe it, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know if that's a thing or what. I don't know. But here's this uh, so. So and I can't remember who the who the person I just saw the video on Twitter. Oli was the person that uh Quinarete, um is the one who posted it, but Lomachenko talking about Devin Haney, he said I think we don't I think we don't have a problem, so we need to sign and start fighting. But Loma also added the minor problem is between the promoter and the network. He said the fighters are eager to sign. You know, I guess both Haney and Lomachenko is eager to sign the contract and get the fight started. But Lomachenko said there's a promoter and a network thing. So I'm not sure exactly what that means. Maybe they thought it was going to be in the Middle East, and now it's not going to be because we've heard Madison Square Garden too. So I don't, I'm not really sure um, what's that all about. I don't know that. I don't know that for a fact. I'll just be honest with you. I do not know that. I don't know what's up with that. Um, there is plenty of other news here we'll get to in just a second here. Where the hell did that I'm, – I'm having problems I apologize, but I'm having some problems. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is Coppinger again. Charles Conwell has been offered a middleweight title shot against Janabek in May, sources tell ESPN. Conwell campaigns, so that's at middleweight. He campaigns at junior middleweight. He's also in position <coughs> to be the 154-pound, you know, uh, uh, in position at 154 in the WBC. Just hasn't been ordered for Fundora. Because remember, Fundora had that interim belt because the Charlo undisputed fight. Then Charlo got hurt, so it pushes shit back. Um, so I don't, you know what I mean? Does sound like Conwell declined it though, because he says, you know, I'm right on the cusp at junior middleweight. That's my weight, so I wanna, I wanna do that weight, you know. Now, as far as Debella. I do have his quotes here. I want to make sure because, you know, he's on that side of it. Um, 
I do want to make sure that I get that out there because he, he was saying like the money it doesn't it doesn't add all the way the fuck up. So he said um, he's gonna fight at 154. He beat Jonabek, whatever. But we understand his decision. He beat it, but we understand his decision. We don't we don't get how interim champ Fundora gets to take an optional. There we go. That's what we were talking about. Uh, the WBA, WBC optional at 154 defense was Charles won an eliminator and is rated two, and the number one contender is unavailable. Frustrating as fuck, he said. Um, and then he said, but then, you know, but then Mendoza is rated, presently rated at 17. So they're, they're just confused. But, I, but they said, he also said that, you know, the money's better in that fight than the other fight. Lining up for bigger fights in the future and all that shit. So I get that. I don't. I don't. You know, John Beck's just in a weird scenario. You know, and it's, it happens with a lot of fighters. Um, I did think he maybe would get, you know, uh, a, a decently sized fight next, just because he showed that he was okay, just kind of mediocre in his last performance. So maybe you know people are like, hey, I'll take it. But if you feel like you're going to make more money, and then you can also lead to Charlo potentially, you know, I don't know. But anyway, here's another one, Dan Raphael. And this is what I'm talking about: certain Showtime events being talked about. Per sources, Dan Raphael, WBA regular 168 title holder. David Morrell next defense is ticketed for June 24th on Showtime in his adopted hometown of Minneapolis. Okay. Now, um, did I think it would be you know Shishkin? Uh, you know that that's what everybody kind of thinks it is that it that it'd be Shishkin, um, which would be a good fight for him. Um, but I haven't gotten that finalized. So June 24th is a thing Saturday. And I've heard that date too. But I haven't heard it's Shishkin. And the other name that I've heard is Senna Agbeko. And he's a 27-2 fighter with 21 knockouts. Uh, He actually lost to Shishkin cleanly. Like uh, this was like two years ago or something like that. Maybe a little over. I think it was in 2021. And it was at the Mahegan Sun. So, um, now he went 10 rounds with, with Shishkin. And Shishkin's a good fighter, you know. Um, I think he's a pretty good fighter. And I, and I want to see him fight him. Um, now, if you've seen him lately, that Agbeko, he's the one who, uh, late last year, I think, it was October, November. He beat Steen, Isaiah Steen. I think it was. I feel like it was on a showbox. AC, Atlantic City. Let me double check. Um, yeah. Yep. So, coming off, you know, uh, I mean, the guy was an undefeated prospect. Did he have a bunch of great wins? No. The Henderson fight earlier, like in that summer. Yep. So, actually, that was two summers ago. Shit, I 
forgot about that. So that's who I've heard he's going to fight as well. I prefer Shishkin, but if he if they put Shishkin on the card as the co-feature, and then he fights this Shishkin fights someone, then they can level up and say, well, he beat him cleanly. Well, maybe maybe he'll knock him out, and then they'll be like, oh, Shishkin will be next, and then that'll be in the the fall or whatever. I don't know. I'm just I'm just just push it up against the wall, basically. I mean, that's that's what you basically got to do when it comes to this stuff. Uh, if you don't have the exact information, but it is uh, confirmed that he's definitely fighting in his adopted hometown that date on Showtime. So that's what I mean. You know, we got the week before we got uh, Charlo. But, you know, we're starting to get these dates come out. So you know, I just assume it's going to be this week. Maybe they'll. Maybe Showtime will look to just announce. I mean, it's got to have something to do with Gervonta and Ryan, obviously. I mean, that seems pretty obvious, right, by this time? I think it's pretty obvious. So, um, yeah, someone just sent me, Bivol better be if had been champions at the same weight class for six years. At one, at one point in time, both were on the same network at the same time again much worse, though, that they were talking about the Crawford and all that. Yeah, it, it, it kind of depends on that stuff, right? Kind of depends on a lot of that stuff. <laughs> Where uh, it's okay for that fight to not happen, but we're only going to put pressure on certain people, certain fighters, and certain platforms. Um, now here, this is what uh, Debella was talking about. Fundora. So Sebastian Fundora, he is Right there, you know, with the interim WBC, I believe it was. And, you know, I mean, it lines up to an extent why, uh, you know, Charlo was going to fight Tim Zhu. And he, you know, he is the, he is, uh, he was the guy in line. That's what it is. People will say a lot of stuff. You know, does Fedora, does he have better wins? Um, and more experienced, and, and he should be in front of Tim Zhu. Is it this? You know, I mean, we can make arguments and debates and all. That's all great, but a lot of times it's just on this alphabet soup. So, you know, anyway, Fundora is actually fighting Brian Mendoza, headlining an April 8th Carson, California card. And. And he's coming off. Didn't he? Yeah, he just knocked out. Didn't he just knock out Rosario? Rosario. So he's coming in hot and whatnot. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's a triple header on Showtime, April eighth. I do like the co-feature. I'll say that. The Butayev and Mean Machine, Kabalaskas, Kabalaskis, Butayev and Mean Machine is the co-feature. That's a banger. I really like that fight. And then also Brandon Lee will face an opponent to be determined in a 10-round opener. Hopefully he gets a good fight. He really needs a good fight. So, you know, he didn't look as good in his last fight. Fundora, it does, you know, it's a, it's basically like a stay-busy fight. Uh, so, yeah, would I have rather him fight Conwell? Of course, you know. Hell yeah, I would. Um, and, and, you know, you can make the argument of, you know, why the hell did you, you know, like you said, why didn't you just call that fight? Why, why is he getting, um, you know, just a, 
just a, a you know an easy or well, I'm not going to say easy fight, but um, you know he just won the damn interim. So why doesn't he have like his own Mando for that? Well, I think he's being in line for a Mando. So you know it's just it's just silly shit basically. Um, but he you know he looked. He looked okay, but not great against Carlos Acampo in his last fight. Um, he's looked really good in other ones. The Galabor, the Cotto, the Cota. The Sergio Garcia, a little rough, but then the Lubin, he came back. And, you know, so um, he fought in October. Now he's back in April, so I like that part of it, you know. Um, so that'll be, yeah, that'll be some three fights in a year's time. And one of them was a brutal fucking fight. So, you know, it's not ideal. Hopefully Mendoza can give them something that we're not expecting, you know. But I wouldn't go and call it some kind of championship level. I'll give Showtime credit. At least it looks like they're hooking up the undercard, at least the co-feature. We'll see, uh, you know, who Brandon Lee fights. He really needs a fight, like I said. I mean, he really needs a fucking fight. I mean, he's a good, good fight. So hopefully they do that. So hopefully they do that. Okay, so we do have some other fight news and whatnot. Some of it good, some of it bad. Not too much of it bad, actually. Okay, someone just sent me this. Neary says he wants... Oh, this is too slick. Neary says he wants... I mean, he didn't send it to me, but I can tell it's his tweet. Um, Neary says he wants anyway Fulton now that he's with the zone and can fight MJ, but when when he was with the BBC was able to fight Fulton, he wanted MJ instead. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't think he's going to get MJ next, though. You know? Amazing how many boxers suffer from adult acne on their backs. <laughs> That's another. Here's some more fight news. This is a good one. Uh, in talks right now, IBF featherweight champion Luis Alberto Lopez, who just beat Josh Warrington. There, there it is. Nope. God, I did it again, didn't I? Um, no, no, I'm right on that one. <laughs> Frampton is the one I said, right? <laughs> um, so, Luis Alberto Lopez is in talks with Michael Conlon for a May 27th fight at the SSE Arena in Belfast. Sign me up for that fight. That would be dope. Okay, so someone sent me this, and I didn't want to read this too much, but I, I'm glad that you said this because there are contrary stuff, the opposite. Dan Ra- basically, Dan Raphael is the one that's saying the shit ain't popping just yet. He said, contrary to the report, Davis Garcia isn't signed. There remains an issue related to the broadcasters that both sides have told uh, me will be ironed out shortly per one source directly. Nothing is signed. No, Not boxers, promoters, networks, but we're getting close. Not everyone has signed off yet. They will in the next couple of days is the hope, but it's not done yet. Balance of items are minor, but still need to get done. So I'm glad that you sent that to me, whoever you are. I don't know who you were, but thank you. Um, uh, Okay, so Oscar De La Hoya on Fight Hub TV. Oscar says he's declared that he would love to see Dimitri Bivol versus Jaime Munguia in June or July. He said Munguia is ready for anybody at middleweight, super middleweight, and even a catchweight at 170. <laughs> Come on, dude. Then have him fight Janabek then. 
maybe he wouldn't be able to. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Um, Oscar also said in that Fight Hub TV uh, interview, he said he has revealed that he is still in talks to try to sign um, Terrence Crawford for Golden Boys' own for that Alexis Rocha or Roca and uh, and Virgil Ortiz, and then you know with Spence in mind after that. I, I don't I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true. Um, oh, here's one. So this is IFL TV. Billy Joe Saunders confirms discussions have already begun for him to fight Demetrius Andre. Interesting. There's one fight that will 100% happen. So I'm thinking Andre, Billy Joe, winner takes on Morrell, and maybe that's why he's getting a softer touch than Shishkin. But maybe he's getting Shishkin too. I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Bring Billy Joe here in July, baby. <laughs> um, oh, here's another one. I think I talked about this, but it's official. This is IFL TV that announced it. Um, Michaela Meyer is taking on Lenartois. Lenartois? I can't remember her last name, how you say it. But that shit's a good fight. That's the co-feature to Joyce, um, uh, Joyce and Zhang. That's a good doubleheader. BT Sports and ESPN Plus. Once again, dude, ESPN Plus is the best part of the ESPN deal right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Michaela Meyer, Christina Lenartual. I, I forgot how to fucking say her name. But anyway, you know, she's the only um, boxer that has beaten Alicia Baumgartner split decision. She brought a bunch of pressure. And I, as we know, the only defeat that, you know, Michaela has is, is Baumgartner. So that's a great fight. That's a great fight. So there's this other news, too. Michael Coppinger overtime, which distrib- disrupted basketball. Just, God damn it, I can't read this. Okay, which disrupted basketball with six-figure salaries for elite high school players will enter boxing in August with a four-event series on the zone aimed to develop the next generation of fighters. Overtime Boxing GM Brandon Rhodes told ESPN. Overtime, which... Okay, so it's going to be in Atlanta at a Overtime Elite Arena, 1,200 seats. Uh... Our vision um, with Overtime is launching OTX. Our new boxing vertical is essential to help young pros have a spotlight shine on them, tell their story, and give a chance to develop as fighters. Overtime Boxing GM told them uh, one of the gaps that we're seeing in the marketplace is while Gen Z is saying boxing is their fourth favorite sport, which we went over those studies before, uh, there's not a, enough storytelling. Um, by by that I mean video, social content. That's what we do best. Overtime is nearly 6.8 million has near is nearing 6.8 million Instagram followers. So, um, you know, we'll see. Terrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Young, and we feel that in boxing, there's so many you know rich stories 
all that good stuff. So he says, they haven't signed any fighters yet, but expect to showcase boxers between the age of 18 and 25. Those matchups will range from development bouts, development bouts meant to gain a fighter experience to step-up fights. Um, we don't want all just, you know, first-round knockouts and shit like that. So, interesting. Now, it does kind of throw me off, though, because it's like, so, Matchroom USA. And they got a next. They got next gen, right? Um, Golden Boy has the prospect tonight already. So, is this going to involve Golden Boy Drizone or, or just anybody? I, that that kind of you know. Now, obviously, um, I mean, they said four events, so it's going to be streamed on the Zone. Not just on like Instagram, right? Because otherwise, why would just don't even be in there? So you wonder if those promoters are like, hold on, so you're going to blow up these other promoters? I'm not going to say they're going to blow them up, but you're going to get a shine on this website and on this app or whatever. The what they say, six point eight, nearly six point eight uh, Instagram followers. So you're going to have prospects in like almost contenders. Like I said, is Golden Boy and Matchroom going to be cool with that? Are they going to be like, oh, what? Can we put our guys on it? I mean, it's just weird. Like, to sign this, so you got four events a year. I wonder if it's just this year and then we'll see where it goes. It could be interesting. We'll see. I wonder if, you know, it says it's going to be the summer is the first one, they said, right? So I wonder if there's going to be, like, what day of the week it will be. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, but I could see, you know, on the UK side, Matchroom, you know, they have that Misfits boxing that got like six cards a year at least. In the, in the, I don't know if all of them are paying you, but uh, some of them are, that's for sure. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird, like, well, they have Next Gen already in Golden Boy, this Thursday night card. That's going to be their prospect card. So I don't know. I'm not sure uh, what's up. Okay, so Caleb Plant has bought the domain davidbenavides.com and turned it into his own website. Dude, that shit is funny, man. Good for you. <laughs> um, okay, so Eddie Hearn also in that IFL TV said uh, he has stated he will absolutely make the attempt to work with Deontay Wilder now that he's declared himself an open agent. Hearn said, I would love to make Wilder versus Andy Ruiz. It's a great fight. We'd love to try to make it happen. <laughs> Open the agent. It's like, he said he's willing to work, because he was working with Showtime. He was working with uh, Fox. So, yeah, he's like, dude, I'm, I'm not going to limit myself to a, I'm not signed to a platform. Because, remember, Fox outbid Showtime for his fight. So, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, he said what he said, but it doesn't mean, oh, now he's a free agent. He's never not been a free agent as far as, you know, when it comes to uh, a platform, you know? <laughs> so it's, I don't know, man. Kind of kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, let's, there's a little bit of fight news left. I think that's about it. 
Okay, so people are out there. Four cards in one day is way too much. I think they're talking about April 8th. Any ideas why promoters are cramming them in? Benoza, and I was going to say this too. I said this a couple weeks ago, I thought. And I've said it almost every year. Probably because the prior three weeks were the NCAA basketball, plus a scheduled pay-per-view dates on April 15th and May 6th. So that, that does make sense. You know, that does make sense. Um, oh, and then off the uh, – Deontay Wilder has declared that he is now, this is Benson putting it on there, but he's now an open agent taking full control of his career. No bad blood. I'm still part of it. I'm just open agent. They asked him, I think this is, uh, I saw the interview. It was, uh, uh, oh, why am I spacing that dude's name? I've seen many other interviews there before. I can't believe I'm spacing his name. Anyway, he um, he was clearing up because remember there was a, all these rumors that he's mad at PBC. He's going to break away from him. When he was he was answering questions about he thinks fighters should be able to get their pay per view money earlier because it, it takes a while to come in, and that's I, I, you know that's been an ongoing thing. That's nothing new. Um, you do get shit later like the full amount it takes a while to get through and, and he's just saying i want to change that it doesn't mean he's just singling out al and al's the one fucking us or something like that um so so they they're basically taking this sports eight was it sports 97 sports what the fuck is, oh my god i can't uh, sport is it 97 what the fuck is his name i can't believe i'm forgetting his name anyway in the interview he was just clearing it up like dude we're cool i'm cool with pbc we're good Everything's lovely, you know. That, that, I'm just open. I, I'm not worried about a platform. But Rick Laser followed it up. Interesting. Another sign that there's no longer money with PBC and Showtime. Translation from Wilder's own words: PBC Showtime can bid on Wilder fights too. Thank you, Wilder, for being so. Here's the funny. That's how he went to Fox, because they outbid Showtime, dummies. <laughs> Come on. Why do you guys – just any little thing you'll find. Okay, so people saying Ben Davidson is a bad trainer for pulling Lee Wood out uh, you know, too early. He, he 100% did the right thing. Wood is very wobbly. Wouldn't have lasted much longer. Could have likely, Could have likely been badly hurt. We don't know about that part. Same people would be saying – uh, he let it too long. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, this is real crunk, Jim. Uh, until you've ever been a head trainer, under the bright lights, high-pressure situation, you should be careful to criticize throwing in the towel. Even if you sat ringside and watched, the responsibility of a head trainer is a tremendous one. And it's true. This is Tony Bellew. Now, that's Lee Wood has turned into a different fighter under Ben's watch, and no one can dispute that. He showed compassion last night. <clears throat> I still can't make my mind up if it was right or wrong, but I certainly think he's been a better fighter under Ben Davidson. <laughs> Here's another one. Did, did yesterday, meaning Saturday, did yesterday prove that boxing is better off without the PBC? <laughs> oh, these dudes are just so funny. So I read a tweet that Matchroom has no men world champions right now from the U.K. Is that accurate? 
with Cordinia. I was going to say, yeah, he lost his title, Cordinia. Uh, losing his title, I can't think of any of them. UK boxing as a whole, uh, minus heavyweight, is pretty weak. But having no world champions in your big stable, hold, hold on. Well, someone put its massive downshift when we had 13 champions six years ago. I think he means UK. Are you talking about, okay, from the UK? Yeah, yeah okay, okay. I was going to say, nah, dude. I mean, isn't Mauricio Lara a part of the zone? But no, nah, I was wrong. Anyone, okay. Anyone else feel like they might be getting the fight done behind the scenes right now? No official Spence Thurman announcement date or venue. Bud been quiet going out. Bud been quiet outside of going off on fans today. I mean, I guess there's a possibility, but I I I won't allow myself to think that. Sorry, I just won't. <laughs> um, but they do like to keep shit quiet. Uh, Dan Raphael, same uh, the same Ben Davidson who had Tyson Fury basically asleep on the canvas in round twelve. The first fight didn't throw the towel. Fury was much more out of it than Wood was, and there was still, you know, there was still a long time left in the 12th round. That's true. The ref made a poor decision by not stopping the fight. This is the rebuttal. Great save for his corner. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Nothing. This is John. Nothing like having your unofficial scorer say he wants one fighter to win. Never changed his own. Yeah, that's the problem I have with that part. It's like, come on, dude. Post-fight quote prediction. I don't think he'll see the best of Dalton Smith until he faces better opposition. He'll see that when he fights Sam Maxwell. Yeah, Dalton, he looks just, you know, whatever. Uh, you might as well have heard himself doing the commentary on these matches. Sergey Mora, anyone calling the Jake Paul event fight week needs, to, needs their boxing credentials temporarily suspended. Um... Oh, here we go. Mauricio Lara showed tonight why Canelo was scared shitless of fighting Mexicans and David Benavides and why he's obsessed with cherry-picking Euro bums like Fielding, Yildrum, and Ryder. <laughs> a, fighter beat, a fighter beat two Mexicans and all the media saying this and that. Oh, okay, this is different. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Mexican boxing is killing UK boxing. A fighter beat two Mexicans and all the media saying shit. He is a Mexican assassin. Uh, most bullshit. Mexican fighters have been destroying UK champs for the last 20 years. Nobody say the reality. Nobody knows Laura in Mexico. The kid Wood was able to full a state, fill a arena. Is what he meant to say. Uh, if Wood would have been fighting in Mexico, his record would have been 25 and seven probably never would have been a champ. The fighters from UK, except Fury, are the most overrated boxers in the world. Props to Lara, humble guy. That today's, well, I don't know about a humble guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how humble you are when you're spitting. Um, but, I, but I'm just joking. Okay, so... Okay, so somebody actually like, do get to this shit. Okay, one more, and then we'll get to the price increase and all that shit. So, this is uh, Stephen Evans. corner of Caitlin Plank coming up. People in boxing like to say diuretics are not BDs. Diuretics mass BDs. They're banned, and if they allow you to fight at a weight you can't make without them, you're getting an advantage. Cheating is cheating. I picked Martin over Riviera because that 
uh, Michelle looked weight drained before the fight. And then, you know, recently found out he, um, you know, popped. So, okay. So here's the deal. Okay. <laughs> so the zone, we talked about it last week about the price getting, you know, raised over in the UK. Right? It is what it is. So, and I said, hey, they did that to us, too, right before Canelo and Jacobs. You know how I explained it was like, I think it was October, it was September, I think it was, actually, I remember September 30th for some reason. Maybe it was October, and I'm tripping. But Joshua Povekin was like the first official zone fight, right? And I think when they opened the service, it was 10 bucks. I think he got a month free, if I remember correctly. He got a month free, which, you know, at that time, 2018, a lot of, in, you know, way before that too, you'd have seven-day trials. Some, some people would give you an extra, you know, a free month, whatever. So it was 10 bucks, 9.99, right? And I thought, all right, 10 bucks, cool. And then, so like October 2018, and then I think it was April, I think it was April. It was right before the Canelo Jacobs fight, which was in May. And they jumped the price. They doubled it. So they it went up 50%. Or 100%. What am I saying? So if you were just going to stay a, a monthly subscriber, it went from 10 to 20. Which, you know, if you're just a Canelo fan and you're just a casual boxing fan, if you tune into Canelo and you get 20 bucks, it's not that bad. I was like, all right, whatever. But the cool thing is they did offer but, – but 10 to 20 for a streaming service that's still here is – the only interest I have is boxing on it. I don't watch uh, darts. I don't watch other stuff there. I just don't. Um, so – and I'm talking about the Zone USA because obviously it's different in other countries. But So it went from 10 to 20. So you weren't even a, around a year. You you ran commercials saying you're going to kill paper. You brought it back, right? I knew this was going to happen, but, you know, it is what it is. But you go from $10 to $20 for the casual fan monthly subscriber. And that to double it within, I mean, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. I mean, you're talking like six, seven months, like seven months. Seven months later, we're doubling it. That was kind of a head scratcher. Right, but hey, you were going to get Canelo fights without pay per view, so you're like, okay. And the kicker, the kicker was for the hardcore fight fan to show loyalty, you could give them a hundred dollars, and that's a year subscription. So it was bomb. What was that? Eight thirty three or eight sixty three? I can't remember what it was per per month, something like that. Then last year, so the people that did it, you know, pretty early on, they got you know, granddaddied in, right? They got grandfathered in. And last year, it went from 100 to 150. Still, it's, it's, what is it, 12 bucks or something like that? 11.50, 12? Yeah, I can't remember. But I was like, all right, dude, it's still a good deal. And, and you know, that's last year, 2022. So you gave me, you know, I guess short of four years, but, you know, like, Three and a half years. And my, because, you know, technically it went from 10, 999, 
to 833. So technically it went down, you know, the first several years. Now, you know, there was that time where the billion dollar deal that Eddie Hearn talked about with his match from USA, you know, it, it, in 2021, there was about a four or five month gap where they didn't put anything on it. Obviously, a lot of people had issues uh, the way they did their business during um, COVID when they didn't have anything on there. Some people got screwed on that. I, on my Roku, was able to pause it on my Roku. So I, I didn't get screwed on that. I was able to pause my zone and bring it back. Um, but I know other people got fucked on that. But like I said, personally, I was okay there. But then it went to 150. It's like, all right, no big deal. You know, that's not the end of the world. That, that's fine. I'm good. You know, I'm fine with that. It, it's still not that. Like I said, it's it's still a pretty good, I think a really good deal, you know, over 12 months. Yeah, 1250 like $12.50. It's like, all right, dude, that's, that's in range, you know. Cool. Uh, no big deal. So they changed it last year, right? Now the kicker is so, you know, so it went up fifty percent. It was a hundred, it went up fifty to one hundred and fifty, right? So it didn't go to two hundred. That'd be a hundred percent. But what I mean over, because I've already gotten messages from this, it's not a hundred percent. Here's what I'm saying: it is a hundred percent in less than a year. Okay, it, just, it is. It's not up for because it went from. So last year they went to one fifty. I didn't care twelve fifty, whatever. That's fine with me. You know. I'm going to pay this shit right now, too, this new shit. I'm just, I'm just talking from a boxing fan, a uh, 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 kind of in-between common slash casual fan. You're, you're going to continue to lose those, you know, because here's what it did. So 100 to 150 is 50%, okay? It happened last year. Now, we didn't even get to that date of having a full year at 150. We haven't even got there. So literally less than a year later, so remember, October, seven months later, they doubled the monthly, right? They literally doubled it. It went up 100%. Didn't affect me. I got the hardcore shit. So one to 150, but then it went, didn't even go a whole year, and now it's up to 225. And, you know, it, it basically there's like, so... Here, here's the deals. Here's the different deals that they send you, okay? Um, they basically say monthly saver plan is 20 bucks. It's nineteen ninety nine. If you sign a 12-month contract, you get it for 20 bucks a month, right? But you do have to – it's exclusively, avail, exclusively available at thezone.com. So I have it on Roku billing right now. I'd have to change, which – you know, it is what it is. I'm not freaking out. But people that are like, ah, and I got all my stuff on Roku or Google or Amazon, Apple, whatever the fuck, right? I got it on Roku. So it's like, okay, some people are going to be like, well, whatever the fuck, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be like, whatever the fuck. Then there's the annual super saver. Pay up front a year to get the best value. This plan is available to all zone subscribers. That's the 225 And I know someone's going to say it's, it's a penny less. Okay, so I just round it up. It's two hundred and twenty-four ninety-nine. That's two twenty-five to me. And then the flexible pass. Now the monthly went from twenty to twenty-five, and they have that thirty-day cancel notice too, which I think is bullshit too. So 
You're not even getting getting going to give me a, a chance to see if I like it, and I got to cancel it. So I got to cancel it, and then boom, got to bring it right back. And this kicks in March 18th. So they literally didn't give us a year, and they moved it up 100%. Did they? They went from a hundred to one fifty. That's fifty percent. And actually, you know, it went to seventy five or maybe another hundred, depending on if you're going to do the two twenty five or two fifty, depending on if you want to sign right up at thezone.com. A lot of people are, I'm sure, just sign right there. I'm through Roku on the app. But yeah, I mean, I just think that's crazy to to go up that quick from a buck fifty to two fifty. Or a buck fifty, even a two twenty-five. It's like you just went up a hundred dollars. So you went up fifty a year later. You go up hundred. So it's actually more than what I was saying. Last year, before April or whatever, it was a hundred. Now it's two fifty. That's a hundred and fifty dollars a year more. And the big thing about like, let's say Canelo fans go in there, casual fans, right? Before it either be twenty bucks or I could pay a hundred. Well, if you're already used to like prior to that, you were used to paying seventy, eighty bucks for a Canelo fight, right? Did him and Floyd do a hundred? No, no, there's only been two hundreds. But anyway, so you were used to it. So I can understand someone might get the twenty, right? But they may go, well, fuck it, dude. I might as well just do the hundred. I got it for the year, so I can see that. But now, when you go in there, be like, oh, Canelo's fight, cool. All right, cool. Oh wait, this shit's pay per view now. What? You know, let's say they give us the rider fight, non-pay-per-view. I don't think they're going to, but let's say they do. Let's get them the benefit of the doubt, right? Um, so now you go in there, and it's 25 bucks. Unless you give them a full year, then it's 20 bucks a month. Well, I just want to watch this one fight. Well, if it's 225 or 250 that's over double pay-per-view for Canelo. It just doesn't even – it doesn't allow the common or casual boxing fan. You're, you're going to lose those. And, and even people that are like boxing degenerates, long-time boxing fan, when you see these people complain about this stuff, it's, it's legit complaining. Like, name me a, a, a streaming service that went up 100% in a year. And they didn't even give us a year. So, yeah, I'm going to fucking, you know, I'm paying 225 dude. Like, I'm paying it. But it is pretty fucked up to be like twenty or twenty five dollars. I think what's the two twenty five? Is that like eight eighteen something? Something like that. I can't remember. Um, so it's just like somebody do the math for me real quick. Um, I mean, even the two twenty five or the twenty, but it, it's like, dude, there's nothing that costs me on a platform streaming service. Yeah, it's eighteen seventy five, so it's almost nineteen bucks. If you do the, you know, straight up 225. And you do have to, if you're not signed up directly at thezone.com, you got to tweak that. Now, I don't think it's a big deal, but you know people out there do. That's just how the fuck it goes. So it's pretty crazy. Like if I'm going to complain about, and then they do pay-per-views too. So it's not like, you know, if we're going to complain about some of the pay-per-views last year, like, uh, like I always go back to Thurman Barrios. Or even the half-price Ortiz uh, mark. Even though the card was fun, it was bomb, a lot of action, it still shouldn't have been on pay-per-view, right? Well, now they're doing pay-per-views for, you know, quite some time now. And 
they they just jack their shit up, dude. I just don't like to not sit there and act like that. Like that's that's fucked up, dude. To be honest, I'm gonna do it, but that's just that's just crazy. That's just crazy. Because here's here's Jake Donovan, right? He says this increase means I will soon be paying more for the zone than I pay for the Disney bundle which is Disney, ESPN Plus, and ad-free Hulu, and Showtime combined. 125% increase in one annual billing is inexcusable. Worse that it's coming as they enter the, the, the you know, the paper fray. They already entered it. But he's right now, his current plan for the bundle is $10 for the Disney bundle. Like I said, you got Disney, ad-free Hulu, and ESPN Plus. Because you don't need now, now you don't need, I think it's been at least a year, you don't need cable to have ESPN Plus, or, you know, to watch the fights. ESPN Plus is all you need before you needed to, you know, they do the undercards, but they wouldn't do the main events. So, that's fucking wild, dude. And just, I mean, literally, go to Showtime right now, the app. Start streaming Showtime now. You get a a 30-day free trial, okay? And then it's $11 a month. Okay? And it's boxing? Is it as many fights, you know? No. Are the, the, the top three fights on average better than what the zone does on average in the top three fights? Yeah. But they have more cards throughout the year. So you got to even that out. But I don't watch anything else on the zone. Where Showtime, I watch documentaries. I watch some movies. I watch some shows. For a dollar more, here we are. Like I said, the showtime right now, $11 a month, and that gives you a free month, and then it kicks in. For a dollar more, you get Paramount Plus as well. So, I mean, for $12 a month, you get Showtime and Paramount Plus if you're on the Showtime app, you know. And the flip side, if you look at – if you just go to the Paramount Plus with Showtime – Altogether, that's $120 a year. $120 a year. So, like, you know, in ESPN, straight up, just ESPN is, is 10 bucks. So, I mean, 120 a year. I mean, think about that, dude. I mean, it, it's crazy, dude. Like, if you give them a full year, straight up, it, you know, it's $12, dude. And some people, it's funny because some people were getting these. Uh, I don't have Paramount Plus first, though. I have Showtime that I can add stuff to it. But some people got these. I saw multiple people putting this, the email they got. And the email, and this is what I'm talking about. Just I'm just comparing prices. I just showed you the price there. Now, Paramount Plus, as of uh, last week, they decreased from fifteen dollars one fifty a year down to one twenty, twelve bucks a month. You get Showtime and you get fucking Paramount Plus. So that's fucked up, dude. It's really fucked up. I mean, that is a lot, dude. That's a lot. So yeah, I got a problem with it because it's like, what the fuck, dude? Who who, who raises their shit? You know, a hundred and over 100%. I was saying it wrong. <laughs> now that I thought about it. 
you know, because I forgot, yeah, it's 225 at minimum. Otherwise, if you went from 150 to 250, like just to keep my shit on, you know, on my Roku the way I got it right now, which some people are so, they'll just be like, I'm good, dude. I, I don't, I don't want to fuck with it, you know. I don't think a lot of people be like that, but the older you get, more people are like that. Um, it literally went to 150 to 250. Like, that's fucking crazy. Come on, dude. Like, name me a 20 to $25 app right now. You know, it just, it, it's, I, I've never been charged 20 or 25 bucks a month for an app. I just haven't. But, uh, you know, like I said, I do a boxing podcast. I'm going to have it, you know, but it's, it's wild, dude. And I've seen some media members push back, but overall, like I said, it'd be different if I knew I was getting all Canelo fights straight up. Cause then all of a sudden you're like, damn, this zone's a crazy deal. And that's what it was until they started doing pay-per-views. It really was a great deal. Um, but yeah, man, I, I got to admit that's fucked up. That is fucked up. Um, 22 year old, Oh, hold on. No, no, I'm just going to stop on that. I'm going to stop on that. We've already done enough on there. We've already done enough. And the, <laughs> these messages just crack me up, dude. More Espinos going out of business and, you know, all that shit. Uh, another April 8th card. I'm pretty sure I, I already talked about this one. That that quadruple header, the Matias and Romero, uh, I think it's Cicena. Anyway, Raymond Ford and Jesse Magdanello, MJ Atapalas, Rodriguez Gonzalez. I really like that. That's that's a, that's a good last card. That's going to be good action and all that good shit. Um, all right, I, I think I'm out. I think I'm out. All right, enjoy the fights this weekend for the folks coming into town. I apologize about a lot of snow, and I apologize about the cold. Which is going to be even worse. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights. We'll be back next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have.